welcome to Bygones, the Ally McBeal Rewatch Podcast. I am Laura Jane Parker. Sorry, and I am Alana Parker. <laughs> I'm sure. Are you with us? <laughs> I just suddenly caught caught off in my notes and just... <laughs> Are you, are you here? Are you I here? am here. I am person and correct. Yeah. And um, Eleanor, this is probably more for Eleanor's benefit than anyone else's, <laughs> but we are here to rewatch Ali McBeal through 2019 Eyes every single episode. Oh, we are, yes. So, yes I remember. Know, good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, how are you doing? Okay, I'm the. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I just. Yeah, like I say, I just got a bit distracted suddenly. Okay, well, um, stop that. Sorry. So, <laughs> focus. Focus. So, today we are looking at uh, Ali McBeal episode 19 of season two. Let's, Let's dance. dance. Does it actually have that song no, in the... It I was waiting for it the entire time. I wonder whether Bowie didn't give him the rights to it. Uh, but then why call it? Why call it that? Yeah. Don't. It does make... Well, I mean... It's called that sense. for a reason because of what happens in the episode, but... Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it uh, first aired 26th of April 1999. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. UK number one is yeah. still Martin McCutcheon, the perfect woman. <laughs> okay, you're engaged. With yeah, unofficial. <laughs> As we learned last episode. Uh, US number one is still TLC and no scrubs. Okay, no movement, no movement. No, um, but 26th of April, British TV presenter Jill Dando, 37, <gasps> is shot dead. Dando! On the doorstep of her home in Fulham, London. Yeah. A local man, Barry George, was convicted and imprisoned for the murder, but was later acquitted after an appeal and retrial, and the case remains open to this day. Yeah, so do you know what some of the crazy theories are? There are loads of, like, things like she was like tangentially connected to gangsters or something well there's also a random internet rumor that now this is all completely unsubstantiated just for just for like context to the people who may not know who jill dando is she was like this tv presenter she presented crime watch yeah she was a news anchor uh, on national news holiday yeah. do you remember holidays i do remember is it holidays, holidays or holiday holiday, holiday. yeah uh, where she just program, yeah where she just show. literally would like go on holiday go on holiday <laughs> yeah, look, i remember like, really liking it but it was like the um <laughs> bbc's answer to itv's wish you were here yes which had gloria honeyford who yes. was another like yeah blonde haired yeah lady yeah <laughs> yeah jill dando and um, yeah she was not like Princess Diana. She had a very similar haircut. Yeah, very similar. She was a lot more tanned. Yeah. Although Diana got more tanned in her later years, I suppose. Yeah. Um, From being in Saint Tropez with Doji. Yes. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, the... She was just a very, very popular BBC yeah, very news anchor warm that did a lot of on the screen. magazine shows, yes. and, then, and that she was shot dead in her, outside her London it's home, and it was a shot massive shot. Yeah, we were like, but I remember being like, "What?" It was so weird. It like, was a, so because surreal. Shootings aren't a thing that happen 
as often. Like we often yeah. get stabbings in yes. London, but yeah. we don't very often get shootings. shootings. So that was one thing that made yeah. it shocking. But also the fact that she was just so yeah, well it was loved. like why would anyone want to have Jill Dando killed? Yeah. So one of the big internet rumors yeah. about the Jill Dando case. Yeah. Um, and you know how the internet can be, and none of this has been proven. No, whatever. It's just it a random like theory. Pie in the sky. Yeah. But she was apparently on the verge of uncovering through some kind of crime watch investigation or some yeah. kind of news investigation in her like job uh, role as a journalist. Yeah. Um, she was on the verge of uncovering a massive paedophile ring um, that involved all sorts of really powerful people. Goes all the way to the yeah, it's also, like, government people and yeah. big celebrities that you will have heard of. Um, I'm not going to say who they are because we'll get into trouble if you Google it. Um, and there's also a rumour that that same paedophile ring that never got exposed because she got shot, shot. was the same one that Is Madeline McCann for Madeline McCann got involved in. Wow. With, well, she didn't get involved with it. She was a no, child, but yeah. they were responsible for responsible that. Responsible for her kidnap. So... I mean... Why, that is bonkers. Uh, it doesn't sound... It's like a crazy, crazy theory, but at the same time, we don't know because nothing was ever solved, so... Well, I mean, according to, like, Wikipedia, there are other theories, like, about, sort of, a jealous ex-boyfriend or lover. Yeah. Also, a theory about an assassin tried to murder her as revenge for evidence that was collected through the programme Crime Watch that yeah. she presented that got them convicted. Yeah. Um, theories relating to Bosnian, Serb or Yugoslav groups in retaliation for NATO actions against media outlets. Wow. Um, uh, deranged fan. Yeah, there's all kinds of theories. Mistaken identity. Yeah, the paedophile ring is also here in the yeah. Wikipedia article. Actions taken by a professional rival or business partner. Like, there's so many. There and there's so many swirling so around, and there's like kernels of truth or like circumstantial evidence that could point could, to it. Yeah. And it's like, if it was someone, surely you'd be trying to stoke all the other rumours exactly. to like muddy the waters so that you didn't, your yeah. rumour never got credibility. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. It, it's a mad case and it was completely like a complete shock like, but at the end of yeah. the day you know as much as you know conspiracy theories and trying to figure out and deciding where you what you believe in is is one thing like she at the end of the day it doesn't really matter because she died yeah there's and a, it's really sad it's super sad like it just doesn't it and it just doesn't make any sense no to have no and i imagine for her family members to not really have any closure on what the fuck happened what? and why oh, yeah. she's no longer here she's been taken away from us like someone so high profile and so like seemingly harmless yeah like, why she wasn't a controversial figure like she no. was just she was a, investigating crimes under her she's a woman investigating <sighs> crimes sad. anyway Awful, but anyway, uh, 29th of April, Grand Designs debuts <gasps> on Channel 4. I 
fucking loved Grand Designs. It's so good. It's still ha- it's still, it's on, still today. on. Yeah, yeah it's still Kevin on. It's a very popular show. He just did a show actually for his because it's the twentieth anniversary this year he just did a show that was on a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week um it'll be a while ago when this goes out but um he did like his top five ever wow and like revisited them and it was so funny how many of them i was like oh my god i remember that yeah because i think i watched it right from the beginning did they still were they still standing like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. people living in them yeah wow that's really cool it is really cool uh also on this day 29th of april pokemon uh (gasps) debuts on sky one gotta catch them all gotta catch them all 30th of April, Entrapment is released, the, the film Captain with Zeta Captain Zeta Jones. Jones. Yes, and Antonio Banderas. No, Sean Connery. Story. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Sean right. Connery. Yeah, 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 yeah. And lastly, 30th of April, um, the final bomb planted by the London nail bomber oh. goes off. Um, if you remember last, yes, last time, yeah. uh, we had his first two. Uh, the last one goes off 30th of April in Soho, in the heart of London's gay community. Yeah. The street was crowded as it was the start of a bank holiday weekend. Yeah. And three people were killed, one of which was a four-month pregnant oh, woman. Oh, God. Uh, 79 people were injured and four of those survivors had to have limbs amputated. That's, do you know what? I don't remember that story as much. No. Um, I don't know why, but I guess maybe because we didn't live in London, so it wouldn't have been on the local news. It would have been on the national news. It would have but been, it just yeah. didn't... I guess it didn't resonate with me much because we didn't live in London. I think if something like that happened now, yes. I'd be fucking terrified yeah. to walk anywhere. Because well, all of those places are places where I've been. Yeah. I've hung out. I've walked along, yeah. like, without a care in the world. And it, it's just... It's so horrible because it, it's just... he He purposefully targeted... Black community, Bangladeshi community, yeah. and gay, gay community. community. Yeah. Um, and but this his final bomb was the bomb that actually killed people. Mm. And he was David Copeland, the the bomber, was arrested that night because the police had worked out like as Finally, you know yeah. that th- this is who it was. Yeah. And he admitted to carrying out the three bombings as soon as he opened the door to the police. Like, he was living in, like, Hampshire. I think that's where he was from, was Hampshire. What? Yeah. That's crazy. I thought he yeah. was in... Oh, wow, okay. No, and he, like, admitted it. He was like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> what took you so long? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she showed them into his house where he had, like, Nazi flags oh, hung fuck, up and shit. Fuck. Oh, like, God. he proper, proper twisted. It's like something out of a horror movie. Yeah, a real piece of shit. So, yeah, yeah. it just goes to show these people have always been here. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. They've always been here. It's terrifying. Um, so, yeah, there we yeah. go. Okay. That's the end of April, thank God. Yeah, April, <laughs> I reckon. April 1999 love, was real fucking I would love weird. to know the... Uh, sh- I know some people don't believe in astrology and I don't believe it's something to believe in. I just think it's something to enjoy. But I would love to know um, what the planets were doing at that yeah, time because yeah, yeah. something was up. Something was like <laughs> fucking twisted. I know. That's yeah. awful. Really? Okay. So, should we get on to Light Affair? Flats. Which is <laughs> Annie McBeal, the world of uh, Boston, Annie McBeal, Cajun Fish. So, we start. John is in the unisex and 
Barry White is playing, but it's not a song we've heard from Barry White in Animatville before. It's called You've Turned My World Around. Um, and John is kind of preening with his hair and he's sort of almost flirting into the mirror. Like he's like <laughs> I've, I've prepping. Put, I've put, he's feeling himself. Yeah, he's feeling himself. Um, and then he kind of swags through the complex, like finger gunning people as he walks past. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, as, the, as Barry continues to play. And he makes it to Nell's office and he kind of casually puts his arms up and rests them on the door jams, like, either yeah. side. And he sort of knocks with one of his hands on the open door. And Nell is at her desk typing. And she's like, oh, John, um, are you coming to get me for the staff meeting? And, and John's like, that gift you got me, getting Barry White to appear. How do you do that? And Nell's like, oh, a little help from Ling. Um, and John's like, Ling. And Nell says, Ling has a way of making things happen, which answers the question that Liam had last episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, and John's like, well, I just want you to know that was the high point of my life. And Nell's like, I'm not sure you want to share that with people, John. And I was like, why not? That's a pretty cool thing. That's an amazing like, thing to share Barry with White came to my birthday I mean, celebration. was Barry White seen as a bit lame back then? Like, uncool? Like, something that your dad liked? Well, I wonder whether it's like, yeah, but like... Uh, it's Barry fucking White. I know. I, I wonder whether it's kind of like... Oh, but that's not like a no, like because you're supposed to be like, oh, my wedding day was the happiest day of my life, or the birth of my first, first child, child, or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not, you know, can't can't be Barry White came to your birthday, big whoop. That's, that's not that is big whoop. Oh, I know, to me, massive to whoop, <laughs> big big whoop, <laughs> massive whoop. Um, so yeah, I don't understand why she's trying to downplay it. But anyway, John's trying to be all casual and alluring, and he's all like, ah, "Before, when I said I couldn't fall for you, perhaps I was wrong." <laughs> and now just takes her glasses off, and she's like, "John." <laughs> and John's like, "No, nah, I've reconsidered my position." And now goes, "Listen, of all the ways to a man's heart, and I know there are many, delivering Barry White is not the way I want to get there." And I was like, "Why the fuck not? Great <laughs> right way." John's like, could we just, uh... and then, starts, and he goes, go out on a date, and Nell's like, oh, I've got a really big case to try, and my romantic muscle just doesn't really engage when I'm in trial, and she just leaves, like, she doesn't understand that he's had this, like, shift in attitude, yeah. um, and she just, like, hasn't noticed it at all, and she's yeah. just treating him like a normal, like, ah, no, I'm busy, whatever, and she, like, leaves. Um, and he tries to kind of finger gun her as she walks out, but then Barry White sort of distorts to a stop, and 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 John's like she didn't notice the change. <laughs> so this is the beginning of what ha what continues for a few episodes now of John going through this change. Yes, well I think it started when he turned thirty five. Yeah, after Barry. yeah, because yeah. I think that was his excuse in his head for just sexually assaulting women. Yeah, right and center. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. like. Uh, but it's interesting how they're labeling it as the the change. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about John's change. <laughs> I'm not liking it. I'm not a fan thus far. <laughs> I don't mind it in the context of what's just happened in this scene. Like he's more confident. He's less like yeah. uh, tripping himself up or yes. psyching himself out when it comes to talking to women. Yeah. Um, I think the I think he took it too far last, last episode, week, yeah, like or last episode. Um, yeah, I think 
But I'm not surprised Nella's like, look, I've done this dance with you before, so no, can you just get out of my way? Yeah. I've got things to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, no, I don't blame so her. So I don't blame her. But yeah, no, I, I like that he's... Getting out of his own head a bit. Yeah. Or maybe getting further in with Barry White. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's um, one or the other. But then we're in titles. Yes. So the weekly meeting happens after titles and Ali and Richard are arguing. Um, Ali is saying she doesn't want to be on the trial as window dressing. And Richard says, well, we'll give you something to do, right, Nell? And Nell is shaking her head in disgust. <laughs> And Ali's saying she doesn't want anything to do with this case because it offends her and she doesn't want any part of it. And she's disappointed in Nell. And Nell goes, oh, well, there goes my self-esteem. I so live for your approval. <laughs> and then she's like, kidding. <laughs> Ali looks really peeved. Um, <laughs> and it turns out the reason Ali is so upset is they are defending a firm that she thinks discriminates against women um and richard's like look i love women i think we all do and billy raises his eyebrows and richard's Richard's like but if you're starting a law firm and you're hiring associates and you can choose between a man and a woman seriously come on and ali's like come on what and richard's like ali come on and ali's like come on what and richard launches into this speech he goes well women the period once a month, that's good for a three-day sub-performance. PMS tack on another day. Add the 3.2 more hours per month women spend in the bathroom doing either makeup, hair, who knows. And the single ones, forget it. All they want is to meet a man and... Actually, Allie, maybe we should introduce you as an exhibit. And everyone is, like, everyone's, taking moments. Yeah, everyone's with like, their heads in their hands. Sean's, like, covering his face I know. Like, with his hands. I mean, it's quite something. Yeah. Um, but then Hallie's like, <laughs> what about Georgia? She could sit at your table. And Georgia's like, Georgia's busy. We don't want to impose on Georgia, would we? <laughs> and Ling's like, I love this. <laughs> really crap me up. And then John says, I can do it. And Richard says, you're not a woman. Is there something I don't know? And then there's a shot of Richard going for Ling's thigh and then down to her knee pit, like yeah. under the table. Yeah. And I was just like, guys, not, in not at meeting. work, in front of people. Well, they've oh. gone from the office to the unisex to the meeting room with people, yeah. Like, it's like they're, it's this, let's, let us, let us never forget <laughs> that this is the show's code for fingering a woman. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, imagine. I know. Let's not imagine. Let's not. I don't want to. No, it's awful. In a meeting room in front of people. <sighs> Um, anyway, John says, we have a defence that's out there. Now, I'm the best lawyer for couching bizarre arguments. Um, and Billy's like, well, what's your defence? And Ling starts breathing, really. Orgasmically. Like, orgasmically, yeah. <laughs> and Richard's like, well, the women are inferior, made that way by God. And Billy's like, ah. And Ling's like, oh, God. <laughs> and she, like, bangs <laughs> the, the table. table. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone looks up and she just, like, casually twirls her hair. And Richard's like, bye, Bonds, off we go. And the look on Billy's face is rank at this point because he's like, respect oh, to Richard. No. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't notice. Like, he doesn't say anything. It's just he has this look no. on his face that he's like, if I could do that, I would. You're like, I'm like, no! You the man. <laughs> it's just so nauseating. Awful. Awful. <sighs> So then, Ali um, has the meeting later. So Ali walks up to Elaine's desk, but she's kind of twisted around, so you can only see the back of her. Yeah. And Ali asks if she's got any messages, and Elaine isn't turning around, but she's like, no. And then Ali's like, Elaine, um, and Elaine sounds upset because she's just like, I said no. And Ali's like, 
can you look at me? And she turns around and she's obviously been crying. So Ali tries to get out of her what the problem is and Elaine doesn't want to tell her because she thinks it's stupid. Um, and Ali's like, just tell me. And so eventually Elaine says, I've been training for this dance contest and the final round was tomorrow. And my partner just called. He has a slight tear in his Achilles tendon, so he's out. And it's no big deal, but I... And Ali, who seems to be actually focused on other people's problems for once, <laughs> says, well, can't we get you another partner? And Elaine's like, by tomorrow. I'm embarrassed to even be crying about it. It's silly. I'm sorry. It's stupid. And then she just sobs into a tissue. However, Ling has noticed this conversation. Yeah, she has overheard. Yeah. So she's overheard it. Um, so next scene... In the courtroom, a woman is on the stand being questioned by the opposing counsel and um, she's explaining that she had worked for this company um, that is being sued for five years when she became pregnant um, and she worked there until she was eight months pregnant and then she took maternity and she returned to work four months after she gave birth and she assumed that she'd be reinstated on the partnership track because she'd been on it when she left but six months later, after returning, she was told that she wasn't going to be made partner. Partnership wasn't in her future. And the opposing counsel says, you don't believe this was related to work performance. And she says, no, I believe it was related to be me being a mother. And John gets up and is like, I'm sorry, Your Honour. And he says to Whipper, who's the judge, I'm just trying to follow. Are you a bad mother? And she's like, I most certainly am not. How dare you? And Whipper's like, all right, Mr. Cage, you'll get your turn. And John says, to be a mother? And so the the lady says, well, the decision to withhold a partnership offer was punitive. One day they'll tell me that I'll make it. After I had a child, they say that I won't. There are no other variables. And this has happened to six other women at the firm. Yeah. So Nell crosses and says, um, well, when my colleague asked if you were a bad mother, you shot that down quickly, didn't you? And she says, because it isn't true. And Nell says, so you're there in the morning to make your daughter breakfast? And she's like, yeah. Drive her to school? I do. You're home by six to fix dinner? Yeah. You even get home for lunch three days a week? And she says, yeah. And Nell says, but before having the child, you were in the office by 7am, you'd work through lunch, and you'd stay till nine in the evening on average. Is that right? And the lady's like, well, things are different when you have children. And she says, exactly. Things are different from the time when my client said partnership was in your future. And for me, it's just really sad to see Nell argue this because I feel like yeah, my she note, believes it. Yeah, my note is like, this is awful. It's yeah. so horrible to I'm, watch. I'm scared that she believes it. Yeah, I, I think she does. So I was just like... <laughs> no, it's really, I, it's really horrible. So, um, but the lady's arguing that she still worked hard and Nell's like, yeah, but you did put in less hours. And she goes... I'm a parent, you can't disqualify someone from partnership because she's a mother, it's discrimination. And Nell says, well, how about just basing it on the amount of hours put in on the job? Is that discrimination too? And I was like, yeah, because it's not about hours, it's no. about output. Yeah, yeah. The, they the, have nothing to do with The whole argument that, well, the more hours you put in, the better work you are, is complete it's bullshit. bullshit. It's, well, I think more myth. companies and... Well... It's interesting. We might get into this at real trial. Real trial? <laughs> real trial. <laughs> real trial. <laughs> That's like the bonus podcast that we do that we don't tell anyone about. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think, I think uh, the whole premise of their argument is that, well, you don't put in the hours, so but therefore you a, don't put in the work. There was a misconception in the 90s that yes. hours equal 
what work you did. Yeah, and it, it's a load Bollocks. of rubbish. It's a load of rubbish, yeah. But it still prevails today. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 Anyway, Georgia and Billy are at a therapy session. Um, why, I don't know, but I'm guessing it's not with Tracy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Billy is arguing that he's not defending, like he's basically defending himself by saying he's not defending himself. Yeah. Um, turns out their therapist is Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Um, counsellor. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, and she's um, not happy with Billy. She doesn't like Billy in the slightest. I fucking love this, okay, because I was like, I watched this scene several times because I enjoyed it so much. It's like, it's like, it's like our podcast has been made into a character to tell Billy to his face that he is the fucking worst. I just thought she she's was glorious. Very funny. It's very funny. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, he, he's stuttering because he's like I'm not defending kissing Ali I'm just saying what am I saying I'm saying I'm saying and she's like did he say it <laughs> and Georgia like shakes her head and Billy's like you guys make me out to be a criminal 40% of all married men cheat and I was like and you just had to be one of them didn't you and he's like no completely cheat I just kissed I didn't and I was like why is he lying because we know yes okay he didn't sleep with Ali but he's definitely yeah. slept with people since he's been yeah. with Georgia yeah, yeah, yeah. at least one yeah 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 still lying about that yeah well we, I think he just doesn't count it in his head he just I doesn't. think he's a fucking idiot anyway yeah. Georgia's kind of slumped with her head in her hand being like you are still defending yourself Ugh. and Billy's like I'm mitigating I'm not defending I'm Jesus. mitigating males are more genetically driven to want sex it's a scientific fact I love this bit because Georgia is like rolling her eyes at Dr. Hooper at this point and Dr. Hooper like winks back at her like babe I got your back like don't worry and, and then I Billy sees it and he's like are you ever gonna jump in and Rosie's like I don't know what her other than Dr. Hooper I don't know what her first name is I so don't I just, know, yeah. I've just called her Rosie all the way through okay. so Rosie's like do you want me to and Billy's like yes and Rosie says if you were my husband I'd kick your ass <laughs> and Georgia is like does this like swishing movement with her arm that's like thank See? you yeah um, and Billy's like you were supposed to be neutral and Rosie's like this is me neutral imagine me taking sides you are an awful person. <laughs> Thank you. Someone has said it. Um, and she says, and not just to Georgia, but to this Ali person too. And Georgia nods at that, which I thought was nice to see. Yeah. She acknowledges that Billy's been shitty to her as well. Yeah. But then Rosie continues and says, and then to come back confessing after, like some little wimp, please do not get me started. <laughs> and Billy says to Georgia, am I going to get a fair trial with this person? And I was like, you're not there to get a fair fucking trial, Billy. Yeah, this isn't a trial. This is you supposedly trying to fix your marriage. Yeah. Like, so you can cut the uh, science made me do it defence. Like, my manly hormones made me do it. Like, it's just like, fuck off. He's, after being so good at therapy, as Stephen kind of pointed, pointed out, out with, Ali, was, yeah. with Ali, he's kind of taken like 12 steps backwards. Yeah, and being like, here's all the reasons this is not my fault and you should be nice to me. That's not the point of therapy. He no. should be there going in, I'm here to own my shit and to work on how I can do things better Yeah, and rebuild this relationship. Yeah. Not be like, oh, no, 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 no. 
and that like this why isn't anyone gonna be on my side yeah completely like i'm just like mate you have approached this completely wrongly yeah not in the right way at all so back at cajun fish ali's just getting off the phone in her office um and she's been calling um every kind of swing class and stuff in town to see if there's someone who can partner elaine at the last minute and elaine's kind of like anybody good enough is probably already gonna be in the competition and then Ling appears in the doorway and says, I can swing. I used to do it with my dad. And Elaine's like, you can swing dance? And Ling goes, well, don't you people know by now I can do anything? <laughs> and Ali's going, but can you enter two women? And Elaine's like, well, it's supposed to be couples. And I was like, oh, Elaine, because <laughs> they can only be men and women. And then she says, although a transvestite danced last year. And I was like, oh, oh Elaine. God. And then she says, have you ever dressed up as a man? And is screwing her face up in disgust and is going, Ugh, oh god, no, that just, and I'm throwing in my objection here yeah. because, yes, Elaine is using unwoke terms, yes. but she showed no sign of disdain or disgust by these non heteronormative expressions yes. of gender or sexuality. Yeah. Ali is just being gross here, yeah. like, absolutely abominable in yeah. terms of her just the disgust at the mere concept of Ling dressing up like a man yeah yeah I'm like no thank you yeah I'm just like what that doesn't exist that's not why allowed you... in today's society well why Sorry. but it's just like why are you so upset like I don't understand don't I? I don't understand why that upsets you the way that it does I don't either, and there's no reason for it to, so I'm objecting. Yeah, good. Great. Um, but she suddenly changes her tone when she realises that it's basically Elaine's only hope. Yeah. So she's like, oh, well, well, that's just, you've got nothing to lose. And Elaine's saying, suddenly getting her hopes up because she's like, oh, I could coach you. Like, if you've danced before. Um, and then she goes, oh, what am I talking about? I can't dance with. And Ali just stands up being like, Elaine, just the idea sent your spirit shooting up. Did you not hear your voice? Why not give it a try? If you don't win, you could at least qualify. And when the competition comes around, your partner will be back. And Elaine and Lynn kind of have their hands on their hips, like looking at each other. Yeah. Um, like superhero pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then John, Nell and Richard file into an anteroom at the courthouse. And John's like, saying seven women were all disqualified from partnership once they became ver pregnant. How can we possibly want this to go to verdict? And Nell is like, John, they were disqualified because they could no longer do the work. And I'm like, no, Nell. No, they weren't. No. No. Um, and John's like, because they were mothers? And Nell's like, yes. And John's like, and you find this acceptable as a woman? And Nell's like, well, why wouldn't I? And John's like, well, don't you worry one day when you... And I was like, oh, John. Oh, God. <laughs> And Nell's like, when I what? And John and Richard just look at her, completely baffled. Well, John says, like, he goes, don't you ever plan to be with child? And yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, that is the worst phrase to, like, use to I ask know. that question. It's so horrible. So Nell, like, blows their minds by <laughs> telling them... <laughs> turns their world upside down. Basically telling them that not every woman wants to get pregnant and they're just, or have a kid, and they're both just... Incredulous. Well, Richard looks at her like she's an alien. Like, yeah. he is proper, like, what the fuck is this? Well, also, Richard then says a really disgusting phrase, which is, it's just now, the first time I saw you, all I could think about was rushing right over to perpetuate your genes. 
It's like, Grim. yuck, Richard. Yeah. Um, and Nell says, well, I don't want kids, sorry. And then John says he has to take a moment, and, and Richard does too, so they both I'm take moments. Like the old dinosaurs that they are. <laughs> take several millennia. Yeah, yeah please. You can catch up to today. <laughs> Go in a room somewhere where you can't hurt anyone and take all the moments you like. <laughs> yeah. So the next scene, um, <laughs> What Am I Gonna Do With You, which is another song by Barry White that we haven't had in the show before, um, plays as we sort of, the camera opens on John dancing to imaginary music, this song, <laughs> yeah. in the courthouse elevator, which is full of people, yes. including Nell and Richard. Yes. And some rando man like leans over to Richard being like, what's he doing? <laughs> Isn't he their client? Is he? Yeah, I think he's. Oh, I thought it was some random man, but probably. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pay too much attention. <laughs> Someone asks, "What's he doing?" And Richard's like, "He's just getting ready for trial. Probably hearing bells or something." John and John ignores him and just keeps swaying. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm sure it's bells." And then the elevator dings, and he's like, "See, I heard." And they all file out. And as John walks, he's kind of swagging again, yeah. like feeling himself. And Renee walks past and um, the other way, and the music fades out. And then Renee sees John and she's like, oh, hi, John. And she kind of links her arm in his. Yeah. And John's like, Renee. And she's looking at him. And John's like, what? And Renee's like, nothing. Um, you look different. Maybe it's turning 35. And John's like, you notice the change. And Renee's like, the change? What change? And John, being so swag, is like, perhaps we should go out. You and me. If you think you're woman enough. <laughs> And Renee's like, trying not to laugh. She's like, woman enough for what? And John's like, so is it a date or not? And Renee's like, well, yes, it is. And John's like, eh, I'm in trial. I'll confirm later. And he just walks yeah. off. <laughs> now he's got his magical change powers. Oh, I know. It's very funny. Um, so Georgia and Billy are still in therapy. Um, Rosie's asking how the sex is. <laughs> and Billy's like, what is this? Every therapist wants to talk about sex. And Rosie says, Freud was a perv, what can I tell you? Uh, listen, it's not a tough question, okay? I just asked, how's the sex? Sex is symptomatic of a lot of other stuff. You don't have to go into any graphic details. You can just say good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And Billy's like, I'd call it indifferent. And Rosie's like, hmm, Georgia? And Georgia's like, I'd call it whatever. <laughs> and Rosie's like, okay, so we do have a little problem here. Billy, you first, dish. Something a little off with your male genetic penis? <laughs> Billy looks very uncomfortable, which is always a pleasure, never a chore. Okay. <laughs> um, so Nell is questioning the um, client on the, on the stand, Mr. Biblico, um, and he's saying it's every woman's right to have children, but I find once they do, their priorities change and not for the benefit of the firm. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy... So no childless people give a shit about anything except for work? Yeah, I know. Like, I know. What? I know. This, I, I mean... So many twisted things like, going on in this logic. still to this day trying to unpick this bullshit culture that was embedded, like, the 80s? Or, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't who know. knows when it started. But, yeah. I think it's just a symptom of the patriarchy, to be honest. Capitalism. Yeah, both of those things. Yeah. But anyway, Nell says, but Mr. Biblico, which by the way is a great name. I really enjoy Biblico, saying it. Yeah. Biblico. Yeah, it kind of bounces, doesn't it? 
Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Bibbidi bobbidi biblico. Okay. Um, uh, she says, but Mr. Biblico, certainly you appreciate the demands of motherhood. And he's like, yeah, as I can appreciate the demands of writing a novel or combating terminal disease or building a house from scratch. There's lots of things my employees can be doing at home. <laughs> combating a terminal I was like, is that like a list of hobbies that he's got in his head? <laughs> oh, I think I'll choose combating a terminal disease this week. <laughs> <laughs> he says but I only care about their performance at work and Nell says and you find that once a woman is a mother and Mr Biblico says they put in shorter hours less productive hours they become less reliable I've had leverage buyout closings held up by creeping coughs their priorities shift hers did and I'd love to be able to accommodate it and I was like would you <laughs> <laughs> what dick anyway he says but do you know how hard it is to compete as a law firm these days? And I was like, well, why don't you tell us? And he says, well, those that are making it are those with associates billing 2,000 hours a year with partners working weekends. If I start making exceptions for pregnancies or mothers, the men could then sue me for discrimination against them. And Nell says, but what about the fathers who want to scale back their time? And he goes, they're free to do so, but they won't become partners either. Look, it's a life choice. They want to be mothers, fine. I get it. I even admire it. It's certainly time better spent. But I have to run my business based on a meritocracy. Why should I have to say, uh-oh, woman, mother, special treatment? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you could hear that eye roll across the airwaves. But it was there. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> that was my it eye just rolling. Rolled out my head. <laughs> I yeah. Retrial territory. Yeah. Um so then the opposing counsel crosses and asks if when he interviewed Miss Harper, if they asked if she had plans to have a baby, and he says, Well, no, because the law doesn't let me ask that question. Um and he's the opposing counsel then says, So to be safe you favour hiring men because you're sure they won't get pregnant. And then the camera cuts to John and Richard sitting down. And John's got one of those insanely scary monkey toys on his desk. The same yes. one that's from like Toy Story 3. Yeah. That is with the, the symbol. With the symbol. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, what is that doing there? Um, it all becomes clear later, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Biblico says, well, if the woman is smarter, I'll hire her. But all things being equal, I'll probably take the man. And the opposing counsel says, oh, thank you, you answered my question. And she turns to sit down um, and John gets up and goes, Your Honour, I object to these sneaky attempts to twist my client's words. This woman is a sneaky, wily word twister and she's known for it. And the opposing counsel loudly goes, objection! And the monkey starts screeching and banging, banging his cymbals together. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are you gonna go in? This is my ob objection. I nearly had that as my objection. This is yeah. my objection. So the, the optics on this are not good. No. So the what we haven't said is the lawyer for the plaintiff is a black woman, mm. and John has just used a monkey I know. toy. I know. Against her in court. I know. What the, the actual fuck? fuck? Like, this is not an innocent stunt. No. Like, to believe that, you would have to be truly dumb and not know anything about the history of racism. Mm -hmm. John is not truly dumb. 
it, he absolutely understands the subtext of this stunt. Yeah. Which is what makes it even more... Atrocious. ...fucking disgusting. It is very much designed to get under her black skin. Yeah. And it, it is gross. It yeah. is... Unbel- it is so unforgivable. Yeah. Like, no. Not an innocent stunt. Not okay. Right. That's fucking racist. Like... It was, it, that's... That's... Yeah. Awful. Um, I had the same note. Yeah. I, I was I, hoping that you would object, no, which is I, why yeah. I went for the other one. Yeah, no, I, w- I w- my, my jaw dropped. Yeah. I was just like, seriously? I know. Because it's just treated like his squeaky shoes. And I don't, yeah. And it's like, no, this is not squeaky shoes. Do you know what makes me even more upset is that I don't remember this, noticing this. No, I wouldn't have noticed this. At, at the all. time either. And I'm just like, that's so sad that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have noticed the the subtext there. Yeah. I mean I know we were young, we but were young, but also like when you're brought up in a white family in a largely middle class white area. Yeah. Like uh, and Schools aren't going to teach you this. No, like this is this is up to you to discover and yeah. work out and realise. Like schools don't teach children in Britain right about racism. No, like they don't do it. Like so, other than to say it happened once, we don't do that anymore. We don't do obviously. that. It's, it's fixed now. Yeah. Like yeah, like uh, I mean, <laughs> like the the ignorance that is in our country. Like there is this idea that racism isn't really um, a problem here. It's more an American problem because America had slavery. And it's like, we had slavery too. Yeah, Like, we were the puppeteers of slavery. Like, very much so. Would not exist without the British Empire. Like, so... But there's this idea that we weren't a part... Like, there's this myth that sort of swirls round like people in in the uk that we didn't really have any part of that it's It's absolutely but i think that's i think that's part of what you're talking about when i talk about the fact that we didn't notice this when we watched it the first time i think that speaks to the general ignorance that is there in the population that we have managed to kind of well we certainly tried to pull ourselves out of that you know, yeah. nobody's perfect and it's no. an ongoing work to kind of continuing to make yourself aware of these types of damaging things yeah. and, and calling them out, um, which is part of why I like doing the podcast because it does help me exercise that yeah. muscle, you know. Um, but this, this, just, I don't know, not enough people do it. No. It's... I think there will be people that watch that today in this country who don't, see anything wrong with it or yeah. don't notice and it's not until it's pointed out that they're like oh very, but really oh uh, yeah like, yes. very recently do you remember when Meghan Markle yeah Ma- Markle and yeah. um Prince Harry's baby was born and, and Danny was Baker that, tweeted yeah. that photo of a monkey yeah yeah and everyone was like and there was yeah. outrage yeah. obviously but there was also a contingent of people who were, who like, were like oh he was just oh, a harmless joke. joke harmless he and didn't like, mean anything by it. Yeah, he was being racist. Yes, but it's like, he fucking yeah. was. Whether he knew it or not, he was. And How I'm sorry, but he not did know, know it. Yeah. Like, we are now in the time of, like, I think 
I think the internet has gone a long way and social media has gone a long way to helping people who want to learn and better their understanding of the world they fucking live in. Yeah. Uh, and social media in terms of listening to other voices that you wouldn't necessarily hear mm -hmm. in the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And I think there's no way, like, it's so fucking easy to do. It is right at your fingertips. Yeah. And yet swathes of people refuse to engage in it. Like, they don't want to know because it would might mean they have to change and think a bit more. Yeah. Like, and it, uh, it just <laughs> yeah well I just think it's never a bad thing to point that out when people think they're using that stuff harmlessly and just say like no there's a reason that this is would cause offence and this is it and even if you didn't mean to cause offence that doesn't stop offence from being no, taken no so deal with that yeah yeah and it's your responsibility to deal with that not yeah. be like oh they're too sensitive yeah yeah right. So yeah, I, I'm totally behind you on that objection. I also noticed it, I'm pleased to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm not pleased to say, because I'm not pleased that it was there, but I'm pleased that I noticed that it was a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so uh, yeah, uh, he turns the monkey off and uh, it says, sorry, Your Honor, um, it's one of those noise-activated novelty items, evidently that booming objection, and Whipper's like, Mr. Cage, and sits down. Yeah, I'm just like, I, I, if I was Whipper, was it Whipper? Or if I was Whipper, I'd hold him in contempt of, of court. Yeah, no, that is totally it's unacceptable. Racism. Totally unacceptable. Racial harassment Why in the, the fuck is, like, it, it's like, you've got no, it's so blatantly a stunt. I know. You've got no good reason for having something like that on your desk. No. I, th I feel like when they walk in with these things and they're on display, you should just have a bailiff come along as just a judge and be bag. like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not today, Satan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they all walk out of the courtroom and down the corridor um, and John is suggesting that uh, Richard... Uh, throws money at the problem because he doesn't think that they're doing so well. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Biblico calls after them because they're walking ahead and he's saying he doesn't want to settle. And John's like, look, your testimony went against women in general in a strict legal analysis. You're a dead duck. <laughs> and Nell's like, no, he's not because they still haven't made their burden that she deserved to be made partner. And John's like, did you listen to his testimony? And then Nell's like, yes, did you? And Richard's like, look, they've got their feminist home run hitter up next. Let's see how we do with her and then make a decision. So Nell and John are like, fine. fine. Um, Nell, Mr. Biblico and Richard walk off. John hangs back and starts hearing do 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 as he sort of bobs his head in time with the music and watches the ladies walk past him. And then he looks at his watch and realises he doesn't have time for this and he just kind of goes, nah, screw it, and like <laughs> the record scratch and the, the song cuts I don't off. have time to get my groove on right now. <laughs> I don't have time to feel myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Ling and Elaine, um, are, meanwhile, are practising swing in Ali's office as yes. Ali is watching. Um, and Ali's getting really excited because she's like, Ling, you're really good, she's good. And Ling's like, I told you I was good. And they're like, uh, you know, they're doing they're doing really well. Yeah. Um, and then, then Ling kind of stops because she's like, oh, I'm getting tired. Um, and it's quite funny because I noticed as they were dancing and mm. having to like um, be side by side and close together, Elaine is towering over Ling, who is doing the male steps. And this is really funny to me because 
I've, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I have <laughs> met Jane Krakowski. In fact, I saved her life once. <laughs> <laughs> you still not tell that story? No, I don't know when I will. Maybe, I don't know. When do I tell that story? Someday. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I still haven't told that story. Uh, I'm saving it for a special occasion. But I have <laughs> been next to Jane Krakowski. And she is so short in real life. So I was like, if she's towering over Lucy Lou, I mean, like, Lucy Lou must be really small really petite yeah and like i'm just like i would never want to be in the same room as her because yeah. i'd just be like yeah. hello like a big time <laughs> nice just... to meet you <laughs> yeah but like, boom 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 like, i would just feel like a giant <laughs> so yeah it just it just is the first time i guess i've noticed um, Lucy Liu against someone whose height I'm aware of yeah. in real life and just put two and two together and gone oh man yeah she must be really tiny yeah. Um, but yeah Ling stops dancing and says my wind could be a problem and I think by that she basically means her stamina like yes. she's out of breath um, not the fact that she's far too <laughs> Um, and Elaine stops the music and is like, you have to be in shape. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is the band. It's going to be up-tempo. And Ling's like, no, I've changed my mind. I forgot this kind of dancing involves sweating. It's too risky. I wanted to help, but I'm getting lung burn. And I feel a blister. I was wrong. I can't do everything. <laughs> she <laughs> walks out. And Elaine looks really disappointed. I know. So you, can't, so you do sweat, Ling, because a few episodes ago you were saying well, that's, you do not sweat. I pointed out in that episode that I don't think she was saying she doesn't swear I think she was pointing out that she agrees with uh, Nell that she doesn't like it right so, okay yeah. so yeah that would tie in with this yeah. yes so meanwhile Billy and Georgia are still at fucking therapy um, yeah. <laughs> will they ever work again I don't <laughs> hopefully not and then we'd have to deal with them um, but yeah Billy is saying that he feels that Georgia's passion for him ended um, because he's like when's the last time we had sex anywhere in the but in the bed when was the last time we had sex three times in the same week when was the last time we had sex when I didn't initiate it and George is like well why all of a sudden is it a problem to initiate but he's like I'm tired of it Georgia you don't like it when I'm always grabbing your ass and I'm like uh you think <laughs> who would like that can you imagine just living your life going about your daily business trying to do the dishwasher and someone's just grabbing your ass all the time it's like I barely woke up you know <laughs> couple to couple like I think oh I couldn't be doing with that bollocks like I'm just like sometimes I'm like give me half a second to like <laughs> wake up can I just be a person for a yeah, second not, some not meat, your sex toy not meat for you to grab anytime you want like judge the mood and whether I'm up for it before you start grabbing shit I think it depends person to person as to how much you do or don't like that well I think He's obviously emotionally tone deaf if he can't tell whether she likes it or not. But anyway, he says, I don't like it that you never grab mine. Um, and Rosie's like, I know in your mind this is all connected to you kissing Ali, but for what it's worth, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy's saying he thinks there's been an erosion between Georgia and him. And he's saying, does it happen with all couples and he thinks about Ali and him because that's the only other couple that he can compare, he can compare to. to and he's like 
I and she was he's kind of like really struggling yeah, to, to get the words. Himself. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rosie's been chewing bubble gum for this whole appointment, and at this point, she starts blowing a bubble as yeah. Billy's talking. And he's going on and on. He's like, oh, I wonder whether there'd be erosion. And maybe I think, I wonder whether my kissing her had something to do with my fear of losing you. And suddenly there's this massive pop sound because Rosie's bubble, which was as big as her face, just <laughs> burst all over yeah. it. And Rosie's like, sorry. And then she goes, I need to meet this Ali person. I have a theory I'm working on. I think it really helped me. And then she's kind of dabbing her face with her main gum wad to get all yeah, the remnants. <laughs> oh, remnants. She's like, a lot. <laughs> I'm like, why do therapists keep wanting to meet other people that aren't involved in the therapy? I don't think that's a thing. No, certainly, like, uh, no, I, I think that very much is a a uh, thing that David E. Kelly has just made up. into. Yeah, this, because... No, as far as I'm aware, that is not... Because can you imagine, like, no. asking people to be like, can you just approach this random person in your life and get them to come to therapy? Like, no. of course not. Like, that's not going to happen. No. So, Nell, John and Richard are in John's office, and Richard is sitting on John's desk with his feet up, and Nell's briefing them on the next witness, who is Margaret Camero, who is apparently one of the best women's rights advocates in the country... Um, and Nell's saying that her suspicion is that she'll do a very good job of painting their client as the poster boy of chauvinism. And which is like, well, how is she even relevant? Um, and Nell's like, well, they're slipping around on his employment patterns. And which is like, well, I'll poke check, not to worry. And John's like, read my lips. And then he stutters. <laughs> then he's like, settle. And Nell's like, John, if you're not going to be very productive, and John's like, part of being productive, Nell, is seeing straight. And Nell's like, I am seeing straight, thank you. And John's like, why are you being so dogmatic? And Nell's like, I'm not being dogmatic. And Richard's like, John, our client doesn't want to settle anyway. I'm not afraid of this witness. I'm good with tough women. And then he walks out. (laughs) And then John's watching him go, but then his eyes land on Nell's knee pit. And then he kind of looks away when he she catches him. Yeah, she kind of spots him looking at her. Um, so yeah, so we have Richard who's going to go toe-to-toe with a feminist, so that'll be fun. Um, (laughs) meanwhile, Ling is at the unisex sinks and Ali is coming in and she's checking the stalls because she's trying to convince Ling to dance with Elaine, um, and to change her mind. Um, and the way she tries to convince her by saying that the contest is really important to her... Oh, can we just... What? (laughs) So, Ling, so... Uh, Ali comes in and she starts looking under cubicle doors yeah. and and Ling goes, you've come to beg me. And Ali's like, and you have to realise how that hurts for me to have to do it. And Ling just goes, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's so pleased. And I just adore the way she said that line. It really <laughs> cracked me up. Yeah, she's very pleased. But um, Ali is uh, saying that the contest is really important to Elaine. Um, don't ask her why, but it is. Um, and Ling just goes, she bugs me. And Ali's like, oh, everybody bugs you. Um, and she's finished checking. <laughs> I was like, like you then, Ali. <laughs> she's finished checking all of these cubicles. And she goes up to Ling and says, look, listen, we're lawyers. We get to go to court and do important things on occasion. And think of Elaine's life. There is a reason she's out there inventing face bras and glowing the cut dark condoms. And Ling's like, well, the face bra could be a hit. I'm producing her infomercial. And Ali's like, you know what I mean, Ling? I mean, Elaine. 
there's something a little pathetic there. And if this contest could help her, I don't know, I don't know, feel good about herself. And then there's a flush. And Elaine comes out of the stall looking fucked off. Yes. And I am not surprised. No. Annie looks mortified and there's this gif moment of her face going Go black white, and white yeah. because um, we've seen that before. They've used that effect before. But Ali's like, Elaine, I checked. No feet. And Elaine's like, yes, well, pathetic Elaine just keeps her legs hoisted at all times. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> poor Elaine. She just walks out. And Elaine just turns and goes, she's just feeling lucky to have you as a friend. And <laughs> out as well. to talk about I mean I know she didn't think Elaine was there but that almost makes it worse it does because it's like if this is how she truly feels Feels. yeah then she is like such a patronising arsehole like such an inflated sense of her own how her own life comes across to other people yeah completely people look at me and think I am really important important and have this amazing life Uh, So how could you not feel pathetic when you have to compare yourself to me? But also, secondly... (laughs) No, but to me. To me. (laughs) Like, come on. Have you seen my outfit? (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, I'm just like, why didn't you, rather than checking under every single cubicle door, why don't you just push them and see if they open? That's the best way to see if someone's in the cubicle. Yeah. Like, it will stop, it won't go open if someone's in the cubicle. Yeah, oh my god, I know you're a genius. Like, why? <laughs> like, you're they supposed always... to be a lawyer, you're supposed to be smart. Like, why the fuck are you getting on your hands and they knees? They always look under, don't it's they? It's so fucking weird. I'm just like, just push on the door. Unless they think that they don't want people to know that they're checking. But you'd see, someone would see if your head, if you put your head under a cubicle door no, and someone would see not necessarily. You. I think they if would. If you did it from a distance, you wouldn't, you'd be able to see their legs, but you wouldn't be able to see it. I think that's what it is. What, you, you're, you don't want to people to know, know that, that you're, you're checking, checking. Because if someone sees that you're checking, it means that they were about to talk about but you. But the thing is, is like, but not necessarily, it just means they want to have a confidential conversation. Why they insist on having I these know, conversations yeah. in, in a, rather than in your office. Yeah. Like, it's just like, where no one's like, surreptitiously hiding, like, <laughs> behind the door. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, this is so stupid like yeah but i i think the reason they do it is actually got nothing to do with any kind of internal logic it is pure it looks funnier yeah it's yeah, just the, the fit, it, it's what it looks like it's a funnier sort of um physical performance yeah. to have people bending over yeah and yeah, looking. yeah. and like, it's right for causing head bumps yes and that exactly yeah okay so later that day or maybe it's the next day, John walks over to Richard in the conference room and he says that he's nervous about cross-examining, um, about Richard cross-examining the feminist. Um, and Richard's kind of like, why does everyone feminist. doubt me? I'm a senior partner. And I was like, yeah, you're a senior partner from money, Richard, not talent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but John says, all I will tell you is that an angry feminist usually has a heightened acuity. And I was like, you better believe it, John. <laughs> 
And Richard says, oh, oh, I'm used to handling vicious women. Look at Link, she's putty in my hands now. And then John's like, actually, while we're on that subject, like, that knee pit thing, and I've got a date tonight with Renee, and Richard's like, what? And he's like, shook us. He's like, you around. and Renee? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and John's like, never mind, can you teach me the manoeuvre? And Richard's like, John, the pit manoeuvre can be dangerous in the wrong hands. And John rolls his trouser <laughs> leg up and just shoves his leg up on the desk and he's like, just show me, damn it! <laughs> he does it really fast, it's quite funny. <laughs> and Richard's like looking at it reluctantly. <laughs> like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> so Ali is ushering Elaine into her office and because she's got some big making up to do here. <laughs> um, and Ali's like, you know, I was just trying to convince Ling to dance. Um, and Elaine's like, you were very persuasive. And Ali's like, Elaine, I... Elaine says, I'll tell you this, Ali. I have never asked for your pity. I won't accept your pity. And I won't tolerate it either. And I was like, good for fucking you, Elaine. Yeah, completely. And Ali's like, I don't pity you. And Elaine's like, don't insult me further by lying. Yes. And she turns to go again. again, But then she thinks and she kind of turns back and she says, You know what your problem is? You're an elitist snob. Do you really believe that? Do I believe that you're malicious? No. I realized you were actually trying to help me. I realized you were even acting out of compassion. But what you don't realize is that not everybody wants to be a lawyer or a professional. I like my job. I like being a secretary. And I like that it gives me free time to do other things, to dance, to invent my stupid face bras. And I'm really sorry to disappoint you, Allie. But I like my life. And she leaves, and Ali just looks chagrined. Yeah. As she fucking should be. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I, I'm just like, I think Elaine really teaches Ali a lesson. Oh, yeah. In the most... She handles that so well. Well, she does it in the most gracious, like, empathetic, calm and mature way. Like but with firm boundaries yeah. like of being like this is what i will accept this is what i will absolutely not accept your pity like yeah. fuck that shit and i like how she's like i know you well enough to realize that you thought you were doing a nice thing yeah but that doesn't and, make it right yeah and coming from a good place but let me just tell you like uh, you can like stick your good intentions up your ass like yeah. I don't like absolutely she shows Ali up to be like the most arrogant condescending and ultimately unhappy son of a bitch yeah <laughs> and, and, and she, but Ali has projected her own feelings of unhappiness onto Elaine yeah because she's just like well if I'm a lawyer and I'm, unha- and I'm unhappy. Anyone who doesn't have as good a job yeah. as me must be feeling even worse because I know I would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it, and I just love how Elaine's like, no, I, I like no. my life. Like, flash. Yeah, like, let me blow sorry, your mind. Sorry that you're miserable in your important job, but I don't. I'm fine. Yeah. Like, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It was great. Um, so at the courthouse, this angry feminist, Margaret Camero, is on the stand. Um, not at all angry, as it turns out. Well, this is quite it. Rational. I was, I was and... like, she's <laughs> completely supposed to be like this angry feminist stereotype, and she's actually completely... Yeah, like you say, not angry. Perfectly rational yeah. and making a lot of sense. Exactly. Um, but she's played by Wendy Worthington, who is one of those character actors who's been... You kind of recognise her from so many different things. She's been in Buffy, she's been in Veronica Mars, she's been in all okay, kinds of different things. Yeah. Like, if you look at her IMDb, it's like a mile long. Has she been on Ellie McBeal before? No. I thought she had been. This is the beginning of her playing this character for several episodes. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, so Margaret's saying, it's easy to conclude a mother can't compete equally in terms of hours, but the question goes to the underlying assumption that one must put in 14-hour days to succeed in the modern workplace. And this is a girl that's talking my language! <laughs> um, the opposing counsel says, well, the defence is contending that that's just a reality, and Margaret says, yes, a reality cultivated by men in a male-dominated workplace. The fact is, women do become mothers. And so, therefore, the mere requirement of the 14-hour day in itself is a form of discrimination. It used to be that people balanced two worlds, work and home. Now, we've seen a dramatic shift to an imbalance that works to exclude women who also want to be mothers. And that imbalance has been propagated by men. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Finally, we've got talking someone talking to sense. <laughs> so then Richard crosses, and I am nervous. <laughs> I do not want his nonsense to get in the way of common no. sense. So Richard's saying, you do well in the workplace, do you not? And she's like, yeah, but I don't have children. And Richard goes, and in truth, you do in part look like a man, do you not? <laughs> And Nell's face is is horrified. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness, because I was worried that she'd be like, oh, okay. Um, And Margaret's just like, excuse me. And Richard goes, skip it. Are you a lesbian? And I was like, what the fuck, Richard? What the fuck? And the opposing counsel is like objecting. And Richard says, Your Honour, I have nothing against lesbians. In fact, put two of them together. And I'm like, Richard, no. With her, to her credit, it's like counsel. And Richard says, the point is, a lot of lesbians, in early attempts to deny their sexuality or in part to account for it, attribute their not liking men to the misguided notion that men are bad. Evil even. These women tend to grow up hating them. It colours their outlook, their opinions. It could be colouring the testimony of the witness. This bears on her credibility, Judge. She could be a man-hating, vicious lesbian. The court certainly has a right to know. And I was like, I do not know how... I don't even have the words for how no. angry this makes me. This is awful. That this is played for like laughs yeah, as well. It's horrible. Which I'm just like shocked that like, that is what passed for comedy back then. Homophobic. It's just outright homophobic. But the, the, uh, it's just so fucking irritating because he does this a lot, David E. Kelly, and ri- through Richard. Yeah. He puts those words in Richard's mouth because we, as, as the audience, are meant to be like, well, he's obviously not serious, but lol, 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 yeah, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, no, because that doesn't this, help no, anything. No, because the joke is still, uh, like, I, I just... Uh, uh. <laughs> He's horrendous. It's awful. Yeah, I, I feel like we need another thingy 
for like thingy. another jingle. Another thingy. <laughs> another... <laughs> that could be the jingle. <laughs> no. We need another jingle like for every time Richard says or, do, or like with the finger thing on women's neck and stuff like that because I'm just like I I can't be wasting my objections on this bullshit. It is all the time. Well, it's the same with Ling's racism. Yeah, it's why we... Exactly. What else do they say? Um, You know when John goes... Poop. (laughs) (laughs) You just call it poop. Because it is, it's horseshit. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, I'll put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we should call it, it like it's bullshit. So we should just call it poop. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're gonna throw in now every time Richard says something that is actual shit. Or when he does the wattle. Well, thing. all of it's shit. Yeah. Shit, 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 poop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, yeah, not happy. Um. So yeah. So Whipper, who has the good grace to look repulsed, um, says the court is not even going to dignify that blatant bigotry. Um, so Richard takes a different tack and says, have you ever been married? And the opposing counsel objects. And Richard says, oh, come on. She's throwing around a lot of stuff about men. Male cultivated society. Is it all scientific? Is it anecdotal? Have you ever even been with a man? Does this testimony come from ever being with a man? Or has it more to got to do with having never been with one? Yes or no? And I was like, why is this guy not being arrested? I know. Like, it's got absolute, like... The, the assumption that a straight person is therefore neutral and not biased. Yeah. I like, mean, don't be so fucking stupid. I feel like it's not even worth unpicking it because it's just such obvious horseshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, Richard then says, what's with the name Camaro, by the way? That's a muscle car. And John gets up and he's like, uh, Your Honour, I believe co-counsel has been driven wayward. May I take over? And Ripper's like, the court would be delighted. So John goes to take over and there's this weird step thing where they struggle to kind of get past each other. Um, But once John gets past Richard, he's got squeaky shoes, which Whipper's eyes suddenly widen um, (laughs) from the last time that he was in front of her. Um, But yeah, John says... You seem to be blaming my client for perpetuating a 14-hour workday. Is that right? And Margaret's like, my testimony is that as law firms and companies and businesses have evolved into institutions where one can succeed only by putting in those kinds of hours, the working mother... And John's got his head in a moment pose and he just goes, I'm sorry, I've lost interest in my own question. I apologise. I'm like, so fucking rude. Yeah, awful. Um, The opposing counsel objects. Um, and John says, sustained, have you met the plaintiff, Miss Camaro? And Margaret says, I met her briefly. And John's like, have you had a chance to observe her competence or her productivity as a lawyer? And Margaret's like, no. And John's like, and yet here you are in court today saying she should be made partner. And Margaret's like, I'm saying she shouldn't be disqualified for becoming a mother. And John's like, I see. Um, and to repeat, you're not a mother, are you? And Margaret's like, no, I'm not. And John's like, ever been called one to your knowledge? And I'm just like, what? I'm like, is that supposed to be a joke? Because I, if so, I don't get it. What's, what's as the in joke? Mother, as in, like, I think, as in motherfucker. Really? Yeah. I was like, well, that went over my head. So that's what I thought it was. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe it is. I I was just literally like, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. It completely, whatever the joke is supposed to be, yeah. it completely went over my well, head. Well, maybe if anyone else out there knows, they can let us know. Yeah. <laughs> How did you interpret that? <laughs> um, so anyway, Billy's come to Ali's office to ask her if she's going to go to see their therapist. Um, and Billy's saying that um, it's because she's got some theory that people who don't really want relationships gravitate towards married people where there's safety in the prohibition. And I'm like, so? Like, how does having that theory and therefore dis or disproving or proving it help Billy and Georgia? Like, that's what... But also he goes, you do that. And it's like, <laughs> she doesn't... She's not gravitating to, like, exclusively married people. No. Like, that is not the case at all. <laughs> Um, Ali thinks it's a bad idea, but Billy's like, well, I went to your therapist. <laughs> and he even goes, you helped ruin my marriage. You can't be bothered to help repair it. And Ali's like, that's a terrible thing to say. Yeah. And then Billy backtracks and is like, uh, look, I'm trying to fix things with Georgia. I think the idea of you coming, I agree it's probably crazy. I don't even really like this woman. She keeps saying she wants to kick my ass, but would you at least try it? I did go to Tracy when you asked me. And Ali's like, it just doesn't sound smart. And Billy's like, well, we haven't exactly been living by smart, have we? And Billy sort of half smiles at her and Ali smiles back. And Ali says she's going to run it past Tracy to see. see what she thinks. Um, so then the elevator dings at Cajun Fish and Ling comes out dressed like an extra from the Smooth Criminal video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, with her Wicked Witch theme tune. Yes. But she goes up to Elaine, who's outside Ali's door, but Elaine doesn't recognise her because she's like, can I help you? And then she does a double take and she realises that it's Ling. And Ling's like, do we really have a chance? Be honest, because I have no interest in doing anything unless I can win it. And Elaine's like, you don't have to do it. And Ling's like, I want to do it, but I want to win. And Elaine's like, well, we should start practising now. Let's go to my place. And Ling's like, hurry up then. So Ling turns to walk out, but then she comes face to face with Georgia. And she kind of, the new thing is to kind of pair the growl sound with Ling tipping her hat. Yeah. Like her, she's got like a fedora hat yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Elaine kind of follows her and Georgia's like, eh, what's going on? Like, well, she weird. looks really confused. Cause, and I was like, is it because Ling is giving off some sort of sexy male vibes and Georgia is now very confused? Ling looks hot in her <laughs> Yeah, she does. She looks outfit. great. I was into it. I was like, yeah, this is a good look for you. Like, um... But she, yeah, she she has a very different energy in that costume. I also like that she has run with the energy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, not like she's, she's fully gone. embraced it. It's like, you know, like sometimes we were talking about this with um, Stephen when we were talking about when he dressed up at for Halloween as his twin brother. Like they dressed yeah. up with each other. Yeah. And that meant that they somehow found it easier to adopt each other's personas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereby if they were just wearing their normal clothes, they, just they wouldn't themselves. be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how putting on a costume somehow feel you feel like protected energy, yeah. against stuff that doing stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to do. Yeah. It's like not really you doing it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's amazing how yeah. that the sort of costumes have the power to do, to do that. that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, at the bar, um, Vonda and the band are playing a song called Slow Hand by the Pointer Sisters. Um, which is, I don't know if you know that song where it's like, I need a slow hand, I need an easy yeah. touch, yeah. easy touch. Like that one. Vaguely. Yeah, anyway. 
And Renee and John are at a table with Nell and Richard. Um, and Renee's like, you said that? Have you ever been called a mother? And John's like, she was a mean witness. And I was like, was she? No, she wasn't. No, she just wouldn't let you twist her words she into was, something she didn't say. She was very calm. She was actually and a logical. very good witness. It yeah. just so happened that she wasn't advocating for your argument. side. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Nell says, "Well, I think you both crossed the line and you came off unsympathetic. So I'm glad that Nell was not in support of their tactics. Yeah. Um, but Richard's like, I think a bus crossed the centre divider line and hit that woman in the face. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So she's mean and ugly." Oh, what a So surprise. therefore not worth listening to Yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just goes like, to show. This is like the ugliest side of Richard. I yeah. hate it. I and John. It. And John. John can yeah. Like that. Yeah. Poop. And then John says, perhaps you and Nell should review the closing on the dance floor. And he like adjusts his tie and raises his eyebrows, like to give him the signal that he wants to be alone with a Renee. Um, so Richard goes, excellent. Young blonde wattle. And Re Nell's like, what? And Richard just holds out his hand and he's like, let's go. And they go off to the dance floor. Um, so Renee's like, <laughs> so this is our date, the bar. And John's like, not exciting enough for you, Renee. And Renee's like, I just hope I'm woman enough to handle it. And John goes, me too. And he turns away to look at Richard and he sort of blows on his hands like we've seen Richard do, like the tips of his fingers to warm them up as Von just like, I want another with an easy touch, easy touch. <laughs> and Richard kind of gives him the nod and he, he John moves his hand like under the table and Renee feels him on her knee pit and she's kind of irritated at first she's like what are you doing what is this and John's like what is this or what's that and Renee's like John and John's like uh, well, Nell looks over to them and Nell's like, what's he doing? And Richard's like, John, oh, a little knee pit action. You should give him another try, Nell. Notice the change. And Renee's like moaning. Um, and Nell's like, we're still in trial. None of us should even be in the bar tonight. We should be home preparing. <laughs> and Richard's like, oh, come on. That would be like real life. So then he crouches to get a better view of her wattle. And as she's still staring at John and Renee, yeah. like distracted, he straightens up and just sticks his finger out to like swipe it. Yeah. Which is poop, Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. You know what? Actually, when it comes to the wattle thing, I want to have that be a separate thing oh. to the poop. Okay. I separate would like, poop. yeah. So poop for when Richard is saying something really bigoted yeah. and awful yeah. as he is wont to do yeah. and wattle. when he's doing wattle I want to do a cat's hiss yes because that's how I feel yeah. is that if I was that woman I would want to be like yeah. at him like get the fuck away from me yeah. <laughs> like, you, like I feel like that's the more appropriate or even Ling's growl yeah no I want because the growl's kind of problematic no, it's not that. I just, I just prefer the yeah. hiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cat Fine. hiss. Put it in. Yeah. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Okay, so here we go. We've hissed at Richard. Hiss. Um, so, 
Yeah, uh, so he's been extremely problematic by touching people's wattles without their consent. Um, so then Renee is just moaning with her eyes closed, like, oh God. And John's looking really nervous, like, oh God, perhaps I should stop. Like, what if I start <laughs> um, And Renee grabs his hand to keep it there. And she's like, no, stop and I'll kill you. Oh my God. And John's like, look at me when you say that, Renee. And she just looks at him and goes, oh my God. <laughs> and then John goes, pull me into your bosom. And she does so really aggressively. <laughs> or she just does it really like, yeah, like she just kind of, she's like, glancing <laughs> in there. And Nell is like, oh, like looking at them on the dance Nell's floor. like squinting her eyes, like what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> but again, if you take the read that it's fingering her, like yeah. code for fingering. I'm I just know. like, in the bar, guys! <laughs> Get a room! Well then Renee's like, like does this small little whimper. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the swing dance competition, swings are dancing! Yeah. It's so great! Like there's all these competition yes. people, like extras, doing amazing swing dancing. I mean, I'd watch this for 40 minutes instead of <laughs> Billy, Georgia and Ali at therapy. <laughs> Big Bad Voodoo Daddy are on the stage playing, um, they play various songs in this. Are they, the, are they a real band? Yeah, band they're, they're a big, okay. real band. Have you not heard of them? No. Okay, well they're quite famous, um, but they play, they play various songs as background, they're all instrumental songs as kind of background music throughout all of the swing dance scenes. So they will all be, if they're on Spotify, they'll all be on our Spotify playlist, which oh, you cool. should check out. Yeah. Um, but backstage, Elaine, Ling and Ali are kind of walking towards the main floor and Elaine's explaining that they're in a group that's not going to be up for at least an hour and it might even be two. So Ling's saying, well, maybe we should go and practice. And Ali's like, well... I've got to go and see, you know, I've, I've got an appointment. Um, and Elaine's like, yeah, I know, with Billy and George's therapist. And Ali's like, well, I'll be back before you go. Um, and Elaine's looking at all the great dancing, like yes. a bit nervous. Um, and Ali's like, are you okay? And Elaine's like, yeah, fine. And Ali's like, you don't look great. And Elaine's like, like thank you, Ali. <laughs> I'm fine. And then Elaine growls at a competitor while tipping her hat, which yes. I thought was funny if it wasn't problematic. Um, so... So then we have a daylight establishing shot of the courthouse. And I was really confused because I thought that when they were all in the bar and therefore at the swing competition, it was nighttime. No, so I, cause I was actually gonna say, there's actually shots of it being daytime before we see the swing competition. Right, so the swing competition is, is occurring during the day. So they've gone to the bar in the daytime as no, well? No, no, I think the bar, I think that was the evening, and then this is the next day. So the swing competition is like an all day thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. more sense. Okay, fine. Um, so I just got a little confused on the timeline there. So anyway, <laughs> we're at the courthouse and the opposing counsel is giving her closing um, and it's basically um, saying that the seven women were up for the partnership, they got pregnant, um, so they don't become partners. There's a pattern, um, as was the defendant's own testimony, testimony. was very clear. Um, there's a clear and negative presumption against women. Marianne Harper put in six years at Biblico Hutchings and Gold, and they punished her for becoming a mother. You all heard it. Job done. Yeah. Now Nell does her closing, um, and I, spoiler alert, I don't like it. So no. she goes, 
women want to have it all these days and having it all means a career plus a family. But when you look at men who rise to the top of their fields, most of them have sacrificed a little on the family side. And I'm like, have they? Or would they not be expected to do that regardless? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, come on, Nell. Yeah. You know better than this. Yeah. But anyway, she's like, but women, we can't do that. That's just unthinkable. We have to be there for the children. If a woman puts in 14, 16 hour days while she has kids, well, she's a bad mother. And that's why their star witness, Ms. Camero, simply concludes that the institution of the 14 hour day is a de facto discrimination against women. But where the gender bias really lies is in this automatic assumption that every woman wants to be a mother. There's the bigotry. Not all of us want to get pregnant. And what about the women who want to put in those 14 hour days? Should they concede advantages to their colleagues who choose motherhood? Is that fairness? The plaintiff isn't in here asking for equal treatment. She's asking for special consideration. And with all due respect to the women who want to give birth and start raising families, there are women like me who want to earn partnerships under the same standards the men do. You chose to cut back your work to become a lover. You probably know joys I can't even imagine. I chose to concentrate on work in lieu of the family. Now I suppose you could bestow upon her the same rewards and privileges at work that I enjoy, but you can't do it under the heading of fairness. Uh, yeah, no. Retrial stuff. Yeah, definitely. Wait for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, Ali's at her appointment at Rosie's office with Billy in Georgia. Um, and Rosie's now insulting Ali. Yeah. <laughs> she's saying, she's so much smaller than I expected. And Ali's like, look, I'm not terribly comfortable with this. And Rosie's like, well, why should you be? Homewrecker. Home <laughs> um, and she says, you knew he was married. Why did you kiss him? And Ali's like, am I under attack here? And Rosie's like, oh, that's right. You're the victim. Little Miss Sucky Face here thinks she's the victim. Obviously, like playing to Georgia yeah. and I was like is all of this just to cheer Georgia up I because hope so as much as I want to cheer her up I'm not sure that's good therapy no no right? it's not um, so anyway. I'm just enjoying this for yeah. what it is yeah anyway um, Billy's like trying to be like that's enough and call time on all of that and Ali's just like sucky face <laughs> and Rose is like go ahead take her side you're protecting her um, and Billy's like I am and she's like, mm, I've had enough. You can go, Abby. And Ali's like, I just got here. And Rose is like, oh, you're right. You don't want to dawdle. There are plenty of married fish in the sea. And Ali's like, hey! And Georgia's just giggling. And Rose is like, you see, this is exactly what I thought. Your husband is drawn to weaklings so that he can feel stronger. And Ali just punches his on- him on the arm, going, weakling. And Billy's like, what? <laughs> and Rose is like, yeah, in some ways, you must have subordinated him at home, sent him right into the weak, sad arms of Abby. And Ali's like, Ali. And Rosie goes, are you still here? This This is private. (laughs) And Ali's like, I don't care. You don't just invite somebody over, mispronounce their name, call them weakling, and then expect them to leave. What kind of a therapist are you? And Rosie's like, listen, Abby, can I call you Annie? And Ali's like, Ali, my name is Ali. And then Rosie goes to Georgia, you were jealous of that. Don't we feel foolish? And she kind of winks at her and Georgia laughs. And then Ali storms over. Right over to Rosie and just stomps on her foot with all of her weight and the heel part of yeah, her Yeah, and we hear like a crack. And Rosie screams. Yeah. And then she's like, broken, broken. And Georgia and Billy are really shocked. And Ali is like a bit like, she doesn't say anything, but her expression on her face is like, whoop. I went a bit too far. And I'm like, no, 
this isn't like an oopsie no, like you've got a problem it's awful it's really awful because basically like because she the keeps doctor, doing this yeah the doctor gets up and like hobbles off yeah and she's and Ali's like oh I'm really sorry and and Billy's like you broke her foot and she smiles Ali she's smiles she's a bit proud of it yeah, yeah Ali smiles like she's this mischievous little five year old who's just stolen a cookie yeah. from the cookie jar it's I like know. no you have just broken someone's yeah, like you don't get to coyly smile and at this assault. is like a pattern now yeah, yeah, because she's constantly using violence when things get a bit too much. Yeah, and if she was a big burly man, yeah, it would be seen as the psychotic behaviour that it is. But because she's like this, like tiny yeah, way show. Yeah, the show is like oops. moment like 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 when she's violent towards people as like just another endearing kooky quirk and it's like this woman is a danger to the general public like this is not like endearing and adorable like no. this is really like psychopath yeah behavior. completely just mad like I'm just I mean, I don't really know what to say about it. It's so irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I just, but on another note, like, away from that, I really just love watching a character be, like, so blatantly biased for Georgia. Yeah. Like, I really love yeah. <laughs> seeing that, just someone being her advocate. Like, she's yeah. just like, I am on your side. Yeah. No one else's. Yeah. And to the point where I'm being unfair on everyone else, yeah. but I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I just and I really enjoyed yeah, that watching that. that. Yeah. Like it was really fun. Yeah, it was nice. So John, Nell, and Richard are waiting in the courthouse corridor, um, and they're kind of discussing how they think they've done. Um, and, and John's saying that he thought they didn't have a chance, but until the closing, um, and he thinks the closing was really good. And Nell's like, "Thank you." Then Renee comes up, all like coy and shy, like, oh, "Hi, John. Hey." And John gets up, and he's like, "Yeah." Um, and she's like, "I had a great time last night." And I was like, "Did they do anything else? <laughs> like, did they go back somewhere?" I don't know. I don't think no. they did. No. Okay. Uh, well, John's like, "As did I." And Renee's like, "Maybe we should go out again sometime." And John's like, "Yeah, that'd be nice." And do 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 comes up as they kind of do flirty eyes at each other and then Rich is like John the jury's back and Nell's looking at the two of them amused yeah she's like come on and John says to Renee jury's back and Renee's like yeah I heard call Call me me. and John's like I will (laughs) and he goes in so as the jury file in Nell talks to Richard being like what exactly (laughs) did did he he do? do And Richard's like, I'm sorry. And and Nell's like, John, what did you do to Renee last night? And Richard's like, oh, I could show you real quick, just a little. And Nell's like, all right. This is the first time I think I've ever seen Richard, like, get consent. I know. (laughs) I mean, quite inadvertently, it seems, but he can do it. (laughs) I wonder if it's because Nell is, like, someone that John's, like tried to date so he just thinks out of respect to John I shouldn't just but then that's never stopped him before no no well he did he did the wattle thing on her last night I know I know I know so I don't know I don't know but he did get consent so I'm fine with this so 
And I was like, oh, all right. And then Richard kind of does the blowing on his hands, so the fingertips to kind of warm them. And he reaches for Nell's knee pit and John's looking the other way. But Nell, <laughs> this is great, I love this. Nell gasps and there's this gif moment of her pinned up hair, which was in a bun, suddenly Pops. pings out in all directions into a ponytail. Like unraveled. I know. And I want to know how they filmed that because it was, it looked like it was like, Fed up footage of real her real hair suddenly being pulled out of the bun. Really? I think so. It didn't look computer generated. I'd have to rewatch. I'd have to rewatch it. Just because it looked more realistic than any of the other gift stuff they've done before. Maybe. So I don't know, but it's very fun. It's very funny. Um, and Richard's like that only better. <laughs> <laughs> then the jury comes in and Whipper gets handed the verdict, and they find in flavour. In, in flavour. <laughs> Find, they find in favour of the plaintiff and order the defendants to pay damages in the amount of $642,000. Thank fucking Good. God. Yeah. And John looks like, I told you. And Richard and Nell look really shocked. Um, and Nell apologises. And Mr. Biblico is like, what happened? And Nell's like, it was a tough case. And I'm really sorry. And I don't know about you, but I'm really surprised they lost just because I really thought the show would have them win this one. I'm glad they did lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was really surprised that they that yeah. the show let them lose yeah. that one. I wonder if it was partly because they are trying to show them losing more cases this season. So they're not just some yeah. kind of, like, guaranteed... Yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, that was, my, yeah. that was my point. Well, my thought, even. Yeah. Um, so over at the swing dance competition, things are still swinging, uh, and it's very <laughs> exciting. Um, Ali, Richard and Nell are there waiting with Ling and Elaine for their turn, um, and Ling has taken her jacket off, and she's kind of adjusting her tie uncomfortably, I guess because she's kind of basically been in costume for hours. Yeah. Um, and she says, I feel like a circus act. And Richard's like, you look like a... And I was like, no, 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 no. No. Luckily, no. Ali cuts him off and says yeah. Richard, but the point is, he thought it. Yeah. Um, and Elaine's like, we're up next. Also, Elaine looks so cute in her, like, peach dress. Yeah, and her little rolled hair, like... Like, 40s. What are they called? Like, victory rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, yeah, they both look great. Yeah, they both look great. But Elaine's clearly very nervous. Yes. And Ali's trying to gear up, being like, you're going to be great. What's the matter? And Elaine's like, you know when you want a moment to get here, but it, you hope that it never really does. And Ling's like, no, what does that mean? <laughs> and the compare or the MC, like over the mic, is like clearing away the, the Last previous group. group. Yeah. And Elaine's like, I'm scared. I don't know if I can even move my feet. Maybe this is a really bad idea. Ling's only had one day of rehearsal. This is crazy. And Ling's like, Elaine, you'll move your feet because you're ready, because you have waited for this moment, and because if you don't, and then there's a growl. Um, and she gets up and she's like, let's just do it. And so the MC's asking group, their group to get to the floor. Ling kind of gets in position. Here we, and it's like, here we go. And then Ali's like, don't hold back. And Ling's like, she won't. Let's dance, Elaine. And Elaine, their beginning position is Elaine has to get into Ling's suspenders. 
like yes. over her own yeah. shoulders like yeah. in front of her and they have to kind of walk in yeah. tandem together onto yeah. that and it's really it's like a really novel way to yeah. start to start a performance but anyway they go onto the dance floor and they start dancing as Big Bad Voodoo Daddy start playing again and they're both dancing so great they're doing really well I wanted to know because I know Jane Krakowski's done theatre and it is a can dance yeah um, but I wondered if Lucy had any kind of dance it background it wouldn't surprise me if she did um, because I was wondering whether I was trying to tell from the way they cut it all together because I was like I'm almost 100% sure Jane danced the entire thing mm. I wasn't sure if they'd used um, a stunt double in some of the other shots things. other than that wasn't Ling but I don't know for sure because it could have been it could have been that Lucy actually did it as well yeah yeah um, it so. wouldn't surprise me if she did have a background but or... it was great it was yeah. like it was really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was good. It was or good. Or for our American listeners, Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and Richard's going, wow, it all looks dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone knows a lot about swing dancing um, who's listening. But, but people get of, swung around. Yeah, people, there's a lot of jumping around. There's a lot of, our cousin does swing dancing. Yes. As does Stephen, right? Yeah, Steve does swing. Uh, previous guest, Stephen Trumbull. Um, yeah. We should talk to him about this episode, see what he thinks. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's really swing is is one of those uh, very dances energetic very energetic and very fun to watch so fun very fun to watch um, and I was so pleased for them that they were did, they looked like they were doing really well yes um, so meanwhile Georgia and Billy are missing all of this action because they're still at Rosie's um, and Rosie has not come back yet from having her foot broken unsurprisingly yes. she's probably A and E um, uh, and Billy's asking Georgia whether they're sure she's coming back. Um, and Georgia was like, it's, it's, she's kind of quiet, Georgia, at this point. She's like, she said she was. She just went to ice it. Then Billy makes... Um, I, don't, I, I, I just do not want to talk about this scene. Because <laughs> it's really upsetting. <laughs> Billy says, look, listen, without renouncing our need for therapy, she's terrible. And Georgia laughs. And he's like, Georgia, it comes down to me and you. If we make it, we make it as me and you. And I was like, well, that's just problematic. You're just Cause you can't, getting her alone again. Yeah, you can't isolate her from support networks. That's that she not needs. fair. Yeah. But he goes, how about instead of talking about what we need to talk about here, we do it at lunch. And George was like, I suppose it's cheaper. And Billy's like, and without saying all's forgiven, how about as I walk you to lunch, you let me take your hand? And they walk out hand in hand. And I can't believe Georgia is letting him do this. Letting him weasel his way in here. I know. It's and really upsetting. And also letting her think that, like, therapy's a waste of money and well, that she doesn't I mean, need it. He, well, he I know he tries to mitigate it by being like, I'm not saying we don't need therapy, but how about we just don't, don't have, have therapy, therapy today? <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, you forgive me, but how about you just, like, hold my hand? Act like you forgive me. And it's like, you don't deserve this. No, I know. It's horrible. It's really... It's, it's super, like... And I do feel like it's just... Yeah, it's manipulative. It's, it's weaselly. It's so... It's so uh, I don't want another person to be privy to what is going on in our relationship. It's weaselly. Because, because then... Because then you know, they they will be able to point out when I'm wrong and I want to be able to hide. It's so... Uh, it just... Manipulative. It feels really... Uh, Slippery. Yeah, it, it feels like... 
you're trying to isolate her. Well, it, well exactly. And, and the thing is, he says the words like, without renouncing our need therapy, without saying that all's forgiven. Because that's his get, that's his like insurance in case she comes back and um, it's like, you've isolated me. And he's like, no, I never said that we didn't need therapy. I said But you know damn well that they're going to go off to lunch. And if she's like, so when are we booking in another therapy session? He's going to be like, Oh, you know. But wasn't this so much nicer? Yeah, like maybe like next week. Oh, do we really need... He's going to weasel out of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because he's got her away. He's got her out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that's what's going on. That's how they work. That's how these fuckers work. That's how they operate. I know. Um, And then make you feel like you're the bad guy for keeping bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Nell is sat on the conference room table feeling a bit dejected because they lost the case and John's come in with a beer for her and he's like look we tried a good case the client buried himself with that admission he was just against women and we tried a good case and I was like yeah and then John says how old were you when your parents divorced and Nell's like well, what makes you think my parents divorced and John's like how old and Nell's like six and John's like, hurt a lot, huh? And I was like, John, if this is a weak attempt to try and get me to open up, I don't do that. And John's like, yeah, it hurt a lot. And I was like, actually, I had a pretty great childhood. Two houses, two rooms, two sets of clothes. I even had two favourite teddy bears, one for each bed. How many kids get that? And John just goes, a little too many, I suppose. I'm just like, because women who don't want to have children are those that have unresolved childhood trauma. And come from broken homes. <laughs> yeah. Like, That'd be funny, but I know like, loads of kids whose parents have divorced who are like, it It was, a, it, imagine if they'd stayed together, it would have been so yeah. much worse. And like, who actually, like, I, there are plenty of people who come from divorce who desperately want to have their own children like Like it it, it does not you know because they want they crave the family life they feel they never had like it's just because something's happened to you yeah but it's just that like oh you must be really something must have really hurt you what broke you now (laughs) what what made it so that you are not like normal woman like it's it's just so fucking like but also even if that was the reason she decided she didn't want children. So fucking That's what? still legitimate yeah. and valid. And she's not broken because of it. No. <laughs> I mean, the conversation that goes around quite a lot with me and my friends is like, is it really... Do we really want to bring our children into this fucking world? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because it's such a shit show at the moment. Yeah, completely. And it's like, that's also valid. We haven't come from broken homes or traumatic no. childhoods necessarily like but we're living in quite a broken world exactly. like it, it kind of feels cruel to bring children yeah. into this like. i don't know it just, yeah it felt like a trope do you know yeah, what I mean? very be much like, oh well there has to be a reason there has to this. yeah there has to be um you have to blame the 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 crumbling the Destruction of the American family yeah, has the to be to family. Yeah, exactly. Completely. It's just bullshit. Um, so, the elevator dings and Elaine and Ling come out arm in arm. Elaine is shouting to the entire office, We qualified! Oh, like, no. and Annie wails from her office and runs out. It's like, ah, you did! And Ling's like, I made the competition. And Elaine's like, we made it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and Annie's like, oh my god! And Richard 
comes up and is like, you made it? And Elaine's like, we made it, regionals in June. And Richard's like, to the bar we go, cocktails. And Elaine suddenly gets really tearful. Cause she's like, Ali, Ling. And Ling's like, if you're gonna break into some big emotional thank you, I'm leaving. <laughs> and Richard, as she goes, is like, I love that outfit. My little cracker nugget. <laughs> Um, and Elaine instead turns to Ali to give her tearful thank you because she knows Ali will receive her Um and Ali's like you were great Elaine and you know by the way when I was watching you well it was with Envy you've got dance in your life and Elaine's like yeah and friends <laughs> she's not only got dance in her life Ali for God's sake Anyway, Vonda is singing Baby Don't You Break My Heart Slow at the bar, which is a song we've heard several times yeah. before. Um, Georgia and Billy are dancing. Ugh. Um, mm. But Elaine and Ali are at the table with cocktails. Um, and El- El- Elaine's asking Ali about the fact that she broke Georgia and Billy's therapist's toe. Foot. foot with, well, apparently it turns out it's just a big toe um, from stamping on it. And Elaine's like, you don't do very well in therapy, do you? And Ali's like, I went with an open mind. I really did. And then she looks over at Billy and Georgia dancing and she's like, well, look, maybe violence works. That is not the take, Ali. No. <laughs> she's so fucking delusional. She the is. Same. But Elaine's like, yeah, and what's with Renee and the biscuit? Because they're dancing yeah. too. Um, and Ali's like, oh, I think it's just a dance. And then she's like, oh God, because the dancing twins, who we haven't seen. Suddenly back in our lives. Yeah. (laughs) They're approaching their table. And then she's like, here comes ours. And Elaine's like, I guess. And they get up to dance with a twin each. Yeah. And so we end with Billy and Georgia, Richard and Ling dancing and Renee and John. Yes. But then we get a shot of two teddy bears in a chest and we pan out. And Nell's looking, Nell's there looking at them really sadly and she starts crying and she kind of picks them up She's and like, hugs <laughs> them both. And I was like, why have they done this to Nell? <laughs> she was fine until John was like, oh, did your parents divorce? Are you fucked up? Like, Are you now She sad? was perfectly fine. <laughs> why have they had to project this? Like, like a broken narrative on her yeah. just because she doesn't want children. I know, I know. Awful, terrible. So yeah, that's the end of that that's episode. End of that. End of that chapter. I think I said that last time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> become my thing. Times as you want, but yeah, I for one loved all the swing dancing. Yeah, it was, it was one of my favourite things about this episode. Yeah, 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 and definitely. the fact that Ling and Elaine had to work together on something because yes. they've been pitched as like the enemies. Yes. From when Ling first arrived. arrived. Yeah. Um and actually they worked really well together on this. Yes. And they did really well. Yes. And it was nice to see them be a team. Yeah. So I'm hoping this means they've like buried the hatchet and that means we're not, we're not going to see any more of that to ne- yeah, yeah 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 I hope so because Ling really helped her out she didn't have to well Ling has helped like everyone out <laughs> thus far like <laughs> I don't think she's like there's I don't think there's a person she hasn't done something for yeah you know like so she hired a fucking blimp like she, she hired Barry White <laughs> well Nell technically did it but Ling helped her yeah, yeah. Ling sorted it out well so yeah yes no more Ling bashing. Yes. Retrial. Is Harper versus Biblico Hutchins and Gold. Yeah. Which my computer has auto-corrected to Biblical Hutchins and Gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but anyway, uh, how do you find? Well, I'm happy that they found in favour of like uh, the def- who is it? The plaintiff. The plaintiff. Yeah, but the defendant. They were the defendant. Weren't yeah. They? Yeah. No, I'm happy they found in favour of the plaintiff. Yeah. Um, because, like we said at the very beginning, their whole argument rested on the myth that the more time you give, the more hours you yeah. spend at work, the more productive and effective member of staff you are, and it's just not true. No, but, I mean, obviously she deserved to win. Yeah. But what I think is so shocking is that so many companies still don't get that. Yeah. They say they do, and they're like, oh, sure, flexible hours, all this kind of stuff. But actually, when it comes down to it, so much of the infrastructure of how companies work and even just the culture, so the stuff that's not like hard-coded into yes. policy, but the culture and people's perceptions yes. of doing well at work is still based on you being in an office for a certain amount of time yes. from a certain hour to another hour. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah. It's absolute bullshit. I have seen people be early to work and leave late but still produce subpar work and not as much of yeah. it as versus people who have actually come in sort of later than a normal start time, smash something out in like three hours. Yeah. And like, okay, they'll hang around, but they won't really be doing much. Equally, I've had people be there and just fanny around. Yeah. 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 Nine to five. And it's like, yeah, they would be seen as being like, the harder worker. Harder worker. It's yeah. just, it means nothing. It's, presenteeism is the phenomenon where you feel like well unless someone's at their desk are they really working yeah it's like yes that doesn't yeah. mean anything but it's like we have ways of proving yeah that this, sure. yeah you know what i mean there's so I mean, many mechanisms yeah for working based on output versus hours just being but there it, things like lawyers I find the professional services industry in particular have really struggled with this because their whole business model is based on charging right. by the hour. Right. And I work with a lot of professional services firms and it's a real struggle because they know intellectually that charging by the hour is flawed yes. as a model because yes. just because you've done an hour's work doesn't mean you've actually produced a lot an hour. hour's work, yeah. you know. But that's their pricing model. And until they change that, yeah. it's very difficult to say, well, you've not done however many hours of work. Yeah. Like so how... it's a structural problem. It's, a, it's, 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 it's completely, a, yeah, completely the way... It, yeah, and it, it's not fit for purpose. No. It, it doesn't... It... There are ways you can change it, but because um, I work... Like, my company is a professional services firm. We're a consultancy firm. Yeah. We also charge companies by the hour just because that is the way that they understand yes. how to how something's costed. Like, yes. that's the, the language that is used in yeah. those transactions. So it's very difficult for one tiny firm to change an entire industry. Yeah, of course. But internally we work based on output yeah. and we estimate how long it, we think it's going to take us to do stuff. But if we manage to do it quicker, we're not suddenly going to charge them less. It just means that we've made a profit because we've been more efficient. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'm, they're not going to be like, well, no, you have to sit at your desk and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. work on it. <laughs> yeah. Like keep working on it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it like just means the work can, is done. It just means we can go on and do other more. things. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, so there, there are ways of managing that internally, but, it's something that we are trying to teach firms, but it's, yeah, it's really it's just, difficult. It's just 
very difficult. But, but I'm, what I'm disappointed in is that Nell just didn't get it. No, no, not at all. At all. But it, it, I don't, yeah, I think that the ideas that we're talking about are relatively new. I think still in, like, the 90s, yes. people were just like, well, you're just not being in your desk, so what do you want us to do? For sure, Like, for sure. That, that's on you. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it's, it's super flawed reasoning. Yeah. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. I'm finding Elaine not guilty. Oh. I just really love the way she handled, like, Ali's condescending bullshit. Yes, like, I like and was, she was just truly dignified about it. Yeah. And I just think, you know, good for her, well done. And she qualified. Yeah, and she qualified. She did really good dancing. And she looked really great and did really well. Victory rolls! <laughs> Victory rolls for all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I found Richard guilty okay. for his misogyny, his homophobia, yeah. his transphobia, yeah. like his everything. Uh, like, like he was just obnoxious today. The entire time. He was so like there he should have been arrested at some points. Like what he did was these days would be illegal. Yeah. And I just the fact that he got no consequences for it throughout apart from the whipper being like stop it. Yeah. Like that wasn't enough for me. No. So I was like Richard is guilty. Yeah. Good as fuck. Yeah. Poop. 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 So, yeah. So that's the end of that. Yes. How did you guys uh, feel about the episode? Did you enjoy the swing dancing? Uh, did you enjoy Ling dressing up as a man? I certainly did. Um, did you enjoy Elaine's victory rolls? And uh, did you enjoy Billy getting his ass handed to him on a plate by Rosie O'Donnell? Because <laughs> I certainly Please did. Please <laughs> let us know. We are on Twitter, Bygones Podcast. We're on Facebook, search for Bygones Podcast. We are on Instagram, Bygones Pod. And you can also email us at bygonespodcast at gmail.com and also if you want to get into some more um, chat with us and get access to early episodes and all kinds of other benefits for as little as one dollar you can become a Patreon and that link is in all of our bios um, mm -hmm. uh, or you can just go straight to Patreon and search for us we're on there um, and we would love to see you there because it means a lot to us that people want to support our show it does so thank you very much yeah that's that chapter end of that chapter and uh, yeah, till next time. Bye, guns.